Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at B-Fund Technology. Their mission, your vision, our solution. You'll get a team of dedicated professionals who care about your vision. B-Fund Technology provides organizations of all sizes with the best, most trustworthy IT solutions in this ever-evolving technology market. Hi, family. We're back again. Two mics up, crew. Your man, Dame DNYDC, and my wonderful co-host, Elisa Middleton. Hey, um, hey, hey, people. So uh, I hope everybody had a great weekend. I hope everybody stayed entanglement free. Um, <laughs> you petty, bro. Yeah, I'm a little petty. I couldn't let that one ride. But without getting that one in before we started, because that was a whole movement and a whole, took a whole other life form uh, within itself over the weekend. My man, Will, yo, Will, I love you, bro. <laughs> you ain't get your life together. <laughs> Keep your head up, bro. Keep yeah. your head up. She's taking a beat no this this whole weekend, man. <laughs> Twitter. These motherfuckers is rough, but um, <laughs> I just had to get that out. So um <laughs> you know, we, we back again today and um, you know, we we, we we like to talk and get into some things and um uh last last episode or or off mic we've been we were talking about some things uh in relation to systematic inequality here in America. So Lisa and I decided, you know, let's go ahead and dig in a little bit more. And, and we did some research over the week and wanted to come back to the table and kind of share that or share this topic with you uh, listeners today. Um, so, you know, the overview for me, uh, what I took from, you know, looking into this lease was just the right now, the existing enormous uh, racial wealth gap uh, between white and black American households. And you mentioned it, I, want, I believe it was last episode, um, how it's grown. And there's been two things, you know, just within the last 100 years, but what they call the uh, the Great Recession, which just happened, I think it was like 2006, 2007. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about, you know, again, just in the last, you know, less than 15 years. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know if there are any policies um, that can help reverse this, but I think there needs to be some type of discussion um, so we understand you know, what's going on and what, what the causes are. You know, what, what do you think? What, um, to reverse what, the wealth gap you're speaking of, I mean, bro? Even, even if we can reverse it. Or yeah, just, just the only way it. to, um, in my opinion, the only way to reverse that is give us our equity. Hmm. Okay? And then that would be a reversal because you can't um, close us out intentionally. Right. Okay. This this is federal laws that were written um, that said that we. Well, let me go back a little bit. Okay. So after World War Two, right, mm-hmm. when uh, the government was gave the soldiers that came back the GI Bill. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So these soldiers was able to. Uh, get housing through the federal uh, housing program. Right. Not us. Not black soldiers. Not the right. same uh, war side by side 
fought the same war, but it was written in the housing authority that this was specifically for whites. The white soldiers returning. White soldiers returning. So what they did was did a separation. So now you have the mass exodus out of inner cities Mm. and the development of suburban America. So they were able to get low interest rates to buy these homes, which Levittown was one of the examples. So they were able to buy these homes with low interest rates. um, And it was written that these um, homes cannot be given to African-American soldiers. Correct. So that closed us out of any equity because, as you know, when you own a home, that brings generational wealth, right? And you're talking on something that I was going to speak on, and you just hit it. Yep, but go ahead, continue yeah. on. Yep, you're right. Right. So now this goes for generational wealth. So now you have these white soldiers who are able to move and go into the suburbs and this is new because suburbia is new, right? So they're they're saying, oh, you're going to build all of these houses? This is ridiculous. How could you do that? Because suburban didn't exist. It existed at that time. So it was created. Exactly. So, and even when it was found that it was discriminatory by the federal government, the loans that were given, they was written in that you could could not resell this house to an African-American. Right. Yeah, to keep okay. right. so the wealth. So the so not only were we cut out of everything, but when you cut a whole nation out economically, you have you've literally wiped this nation clean of even the thought of investment because we we are so disproportionate so now you have these white soldiers that all got the GI Bill used it to buy buy these homes so now you have equity so that you can send your kids to college you can do home improvement you can do marriage you know you can you 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 have wealth so even if you never sold this home this house is now inherited by your children. Right. So now you have inherent wealth. So you have, so there's a difference, right? So now here we are, which they call redlining. There's right. a line that goes around the urban areas, the projects, the hoods, right. the ghettos. Right. Right. Um, and now the money, because it wasn't always like that. No, no. Right. So now when you have the mass exodus of white people out of these areas, now you suck the funds. Out of this area, right? So there's no hope, and now you funneling drugs. Well, I mean, and that, that goes back to the whole thing. Like when you say when you talk about wealth, um, you know, that wealth is really the measure of an individual family's financial net worth. So just in what you just, you just established that um, that net worth was never given to us from from inception, and your net worth really is what will help provide or, or support um, any opportunity for you, uh, you know, as an American family, right? Right. Like you said, so that, that wealth will make it easier uh, for people uh, to seamlessly transition between, let's say, jobs, which, again, we were never offered right. fairly or equally. Um, it allows you to move to new neighborhoods, which is like you said, you know, Levittown, you know, I'm from Long Island. Levittown was built um, on the premise that 
they built 17,000 homes with nobody ready to move into it. But they knew that, you know, coming back from the war, we would go ahead and offer it to our white soldiers and keep the right. You understand? So that, that was done exactly. purposely. And then intentionally. Right. You're 100% right. right. Um, and this wealth, though, when you have that type of wealth um, built in, let's say, um, it allows you know your parents maybe to pay for help um, for your children's education, like we were just saying, right. to have good schools, um, to right. go to college. Um, it'll even help you as a family build your your uh, what am I your your retirement, like to be sustainable uh, yes. in preparation for your retirement. Which many of us as people of, of color, especially blacks, we have no retirement or any type of investment because we don't have any of those other things based on um, we don't have the same opportunity to wealth like our white counterparts. And you, you said that um, eloquently, you know, and it's crazy. And it's, we go further, we're looking at how this is still to this day, like you said, from then to now, how it's still unequally um, distributed between us and blacks. I mean, blacks and whites. You know, <laughs> we're, we're lucky. You know, I think when I read, uh, was, uh, what is it, the Center for American Progress, mm-hmm. to this day are still receiving one-tenth the rate of pay that our white mm-hmm. counterparts are without a degree. So they can have, they right. don't need to have a degree, but those of us that are educated blacks are still receiving mm-hmm. one-tenth the pay. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that, that's just crazy. So how- Because it's systemic. You, oh my goodness, you were so, I mean, it's frustrating. Because it's systemic. It's the actual fiber of the core of this country. So mm-hmm. it always amazes me when people say, I don't I don't see how, you know, this could be. This was a long time ago. You know, you guys should just pull yourself up at the bootstraps and work your way and hard and you can do this and you can do that. Yeah. And look at Oprah. Look at this person. Right. Look at that person. They're one percent. Right. right? Right. So <laughs> it just amazes me when people say that because then they say, well, you guys, you live in these ghettos and these hoods. Like I see the little white girl on the TikTok, right? She's trying to explain <laughs> to her dad. And he's like, I work in a ghetto. I work in a ghetto. You know, you know, these people, this is how they are. This is what they want. And I'm just saying to myself, Golly, this little girl is educating him and he's stuck on the belief that this is who would choose yep. to actually, if you had a choice, to right. live in right. an area of hopelessness. Who would choose to live in, because, and, and, and I want crime-written areas, right? Who right. would choose to live in hopelessness? This is not something that people aspire for. Right. So that is just a ridiculous notion. And when you say, oh, you know, with the recent um, uh, incidents that's been going on, that's now being uh, taken accord because we've already known these things have been happening. So now everyone right. is taking notice. And it's like, oh my gosh, these things are happening. And they always want to find an excuse for the victim. I just watched this lady literally say George Floyd was a criminal and he was high and he was on drugs and the um, black areas are so violent and that's why the police have to go in there violently because black people are violent and I just was my mouth was just like what? That's crazy right? 
Yeah. Like, do you understand that poverty and violence go hand in hand? It's crazy to think that uh, they don't understand that. Yeah, because you, you, poverty and violence is synonymous. They are okay. one, All day right? Long. Mm-hmm. Because you you can't all right. So you have uh, uh, black areas that are very affluent, right? Right. right. You have that, you know, Buckhead and in Atlanta and you know uh, Bowie and, and Madeline. You know, you have these areas where there are people of color that inhabit these spaces, right? Right. Now there's no, no there's no violence there. And they're black, but it it becomes a point because it's money is an issue. Money is the issue. So so poverty and violence go hand in hand. And And people don't understand that. Well, again, it's the same thing, you know, when you don't have that opportunity. And like I said, um, when we talk about just the discrimination, uh, uh, the breakdown between that wealth also allows, you know, when you talk about like the 1%, the Oprah's that they want to go ahead and throw in your face like, mm-hmm. this is what you should ascribe to. You know, even within, we don't get the same tax break codes because we're less than, you know, that 1% right. gets those uh, tax breaks um, and those different type of uh, savings accounts that that have been long kept away from us as a community in its whole, right, in totality. Then you go into the labor market discrimination and segregation of black workforces, um, which again, like I mentioned, we have less than oppor- less than marginal opportunities like our counterparts. Um, those families like that are black, you know, even though we have higher incomes, we don't receive the same higher tax incentive because we're not educated right. on how to go about those. Um, and like right now, when I look, so just over the last, since 2007, and again, this was um, through the American Center for Progress, they mentioned that black households had fewer and greater need of personal savings than their white counterparts. Um, and it's more likely that we are going to experience some type of negative income or shock because we don't have access to our emergency savings, like what we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. As, an, as a consequence, we'll, we tend to fall back on our bills, right? We mm-hmm. don't, we can't keep a hold of our bills, but what they do is because we don't know how to deal with this here, we take out those high loans, those high interest rates. Predatory. What you say it again? Predatory. Okay. So what happens is, let's just say we take a $35,000 that a black person may be in debt for and a white person may have $90,000 worth of debt because our predatory loans are so much higher in interest. We're paying back Five to six times the amount as if we took that $90,000 loan. You understand? So it's crazy how persistent and systematic and systemic this really delves into. And we're just on this one topic, this one area. But that one area, bruh, is the foundation to it all. Mm. Economics is the foundation to everything that is systemic right it, it all ties down to because if you if you clear the playing field right, right. give us our reparations and our equity back right? Right. right then you will see that opportunity is the key 
for us because right. I have no doubt that if the playing field was level, we would excel three, four, five, ten times more than our counterparts. Right? I agree. I agree. So when you say that you suck the money out of with redlining. And you leave a proportion, uh, a portion of this this area, the hood, the ghetto, the unserved neighborhood. So now, what you're doing is you're taking money out of housing, right? You're taking money out of education, which is the key. So right. economics is the key to it all. Because if you are poorly educated, because then what is your hope for? What is your right. aspiration? What is your dream? Because you're not taught properly. Mm. You're not getting the same education as right. the, uh, the quality education as your counterparts. You have people uh, sharing books. The resources are not there. The unqualified teachers are wow. not there. Yep. You know, so now you've already set a whole generation up for failure. From the beginning, from, from kindergarten, the beginning. Yeah. right? Oh, so man. once you take the money out of the school system, and once you take the money out of housing, you what attaches you to this neighborhood? What pride? So when people say, "Oh, they're burning down their neighborhood," they're not attached to that. Mm-hmm. Where, 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 what equity do they have in their neighborhood? None. None. <laughs> because you have these stores that come in the neighborhood and they suck the money out of the neighborhood and they fund the same stores fund things that are against the very people that are paying for their products and goods in the store that's in their neighborhood so this whole situation with the areas and the ghetto and uh, where where we're living and the impoverishment is definitely economical educational so everything goes back to economics right it, it all it all ties back, and I mean, it's funny like you even say that. So that that kind of makes me think of, you know, when when uh, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King kind of spoke uh, back in uh, with his famous speech. You know, I have a dream. You know, where all men, yes, but black black men as well as white men mm-hmm. uh, would be guaranteed their un well, the unalienable rights of life, mm-hmm. the, oh, the liberty and pursuit of happiness, or something mm-hmm. along. Uh-huh. Um, but if we were just in talking about how we're talking about this now, I mean, this was 50 years ago. 50, that still hasn't been realized at all. We're no. near close uh-uh. to, to that dream. We're, we're so much further away uh-huh. than we were, you know, at that time when, and like you said, we like to be told or believe that we're making progress. Um, but that line being told to our face and, and, and the ground is being ripped from under us. And we're not doing anything to change that. We keep running in that same circle, that dead, that dead mud or that quicksand. Yep. And that is because we as a people need to actually get it together. Mm-hmm. Right? right. We have to decide. We have decisions to make as a whole. Right. right. So are we going to or are we going to stay integrated and Fight the good fight, and those are the only two um, options in my in my opinion. Just uh, stay with us, family. We'll be right back as we take a quick pause for the cause, and we'll be right back. All right, and we're back, family. So we're going to go ahead and jump into uh, a very important part that Lisa brought up 
the part two to this, uh, we've talked about wealth and its effect on social inequality. Uh, but Lisa brought up a very important point. So Lisa, you want to go ahead and jump in and uh, share with our listeners the second part of that? Yeah, yeah I was I just was saying say that, that, you know, you know uh, poverty and violence is hand in hand, mm, right? Mm-hmm. So it always amazes me when people um, attach the stigma of violence um you know gun violence in these impoverished areas to black on black crime and i thought all black lives matter uh i heard that from terry cruz which just yeah. my head couldn't even stay on my shoulders at that point but yeah, brother, idiot. he's an idiot right? I'm not, <laughs> yeah but as you continue yeah, and it just I just needed to speak on that because it's not it's not or it's and right? Right, right so there are people that live in these areas that are that are organizing against uh gun violence or any type of violence, but violence is proximity, right? So okay. people uh do violence according to where they live. Right. So um it's not that black lives matter um because of the gun violence, Black Lives Don't Matter, Black Lives Matter is specifically a movement in regards to inequality and injustice and police brutality. And please say that one more time because people don't get it. People get lost in causes, you know, like the Kaepernick with the flag because it was the same thing that he was kneeling for. What you said, inequality and, and bias against blacks in the community, you know, with police brutality, you know, that's what the kneel was for. Everybody made it about the flag and took this somewhere. So, you know, people need to be clear that that's what it's about. Black, that's what it's about. And Cruz and his idiotic statement, I don't know what planet that brother's on, but yeah, we don't need him right now. I mean, I, I got 100. We, right <laughs> we got to trade him. Yeah, right? we got to trade him. We need to, we need to trade him, but it was just so... And then I try to keep both sides. I keep my ear um, to both sides um, on the ground. So when I was looking at the statements under his social media, the people that were supporting what he was saying, it was a total contradiction because we're not saying that violence is okay because there are people that live in those areas that are uh, organized against gun violence, right? right? Right. In those areas. But what I think that what he and others fail to realize is that poverty and violence, and I'm going to say it again, like a broken record, poverty, poverty and violence are synonymous, right? Right. So, when you do not have, mm-hmm. and and and, it, and it, you have to speak to people who do not have to right. understand, we can't come from a place of the haves telling the do not haves how to live or react exactly. or exactly. or how they should be enduring their oppression, right? right. Or even how to respond to your own oppression. <laughs> or, like, how, or how to respond right. to your own oppression. Right. So you have these areas where you have people packed on top of each other in these projects, right? Mm-hmm. And you have despair. Because when you wake up in the morning, it's not that you wake up and say, you know, today 
I am just so happy that I have nothing in my refrigerator to eat. Oh, my mom is on these drugs that was infiltrated and flooded into the community by the government. So I don't even want to go on to that tangent because an uneducated, because we know that um, uneducated, Education is not <laughs> uh, prevalent in our communities because we don't have the resources to properly educate. Right. So you can't tell me that someone who does not have an education, who is most likely never really travel outside of their area, has gone to a foreign land and produced drugs and brought them back right. to yeah. our area. Exactly. So I'm, I don't get into things like that because people can't see that far. Right. But um, anyway... So you people don't wake up in the morning um, with that thought of glee in mind, right? (laughs) (laughs) Because when you wake up to maybe a drug addict mom or a mom who has limited education or no mom at all and grandma is raising you with the limited resources that she has right mm-hmm. and you are a young adult or a young teenager and you know what it's like to be hungry you know what it feels like to not have so now you go outside and who do you see you do not see a politician that lives next to you. You do not see a doctor that lives next to you. You do not see a lawyer that lives next to you. These are not the things that are commonly seen in these areas. You don't have that positive imagery anywhere around you. At all. So the only positive imagery that's shining like a a, a Christmas ball or a shining light in the fog is the drug dealer that pulled up in the caddy or the band and he got the girls and the girls want him because he has things. So this is a perpetuation of I want to feel better about my Poverty, like lifestyle, because I just saw on a, a Facebook post that it says, you know, black people need to get involved, um, get involved in, um, uh, stocks, you know, instead of buying $55 t-shirts or $150 pair of pants. But if you don't know nothing about that. Right. If you don't have, like you say, if you don't have a banker or an investment agency or somebody like that in your neighborhood, who's thinking about buying stocks? You trying to go ahead and figure out what you're going to eat next. You understand what I'm saying? You trying to figure out, yo, where am I going to stay next? Yeah, I mean, like that. It's so true. That's not the imagery that that is being provided just, just because of the wealth and the poverty disparity is so huge. You know, and, and what we're looking at in our neighborhoods, I mean, even look, even white poverty to some degree is different. You know, not to say trailer park living is upscale, but, you know, trailer park living is pretty damn good versus living in the project. And I'm from the project. You know what I'm, I'm saying? From Brownsville, Brooklyn, that is nothing but projects. It's made up. The whole community basically is made up of uh, projects. Right. So when you think about when you and and I'm not speaking of something that is foreign to me. I'm speaking of what I know, mm-hmm. what I've seen, what I've lived, right. and what I understand. My parents were working class, 
but, but it, they were working poor class, right? right? Because they weren't working middle class, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> we were living in the projects, but they were working poor class. And, and that was right? the disparity that you were living in, though, because you... And that's the disparity. That's the, that's the huge disparity, because even white, low class have, have a better opportunity of advancing in their low class than we do, period, in our low class in the poverty. And poverty in our, in our, in our projects that we live in. Right. It's almost inescapable at times, that feeling. Right. Like, it'll never happen for me. Right. You know, so it, it's a total different world. And, 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 it's, and, 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 not, and then it's some people who don't even know to aspire that something better is out there. They don't see anything... Um, outside of where they are, right? Yeah. Because they don't know anything outside of where they are because they were poorly taught. Again, education is the key to everything. And economics is the point that we're driving at that if you that if you not, if your school system is not properly funded, right? right? Then what do you know? The saying says if you know better, you do better, right? right. But when you do not know any better, you see school as a waste of time, mm -hmm. right? Because mm -hmm. that's what I've heard my whole life is just that my parents, uh, my mom, she was just like, she felt like education was the way. She's from an older, my mom was older than all of my friends, my mom, right? I heard the same thing, you know, some of my elders was like, why you got this boy wasting his time in school? Yeah, I, I get, that was the mentality then because again, that, that was their generational, uh, I don't want to say curse, but that was their generational poverty and they're discriminated. They were discriminated in that way because right. they couldn't go to school. So right. their views were kind of what impressed our parents somewhat right. to have the same. Right. Yeah. So that's, so if, so if you see someone saying, well, education, what's that going to do for me right now? I need money. Like, you know, I need money now. My brothers and sisters need to eat, you know, or left, left home because drugs have uh, ravaged your family. You know, I don't know too many people that come from the area that I come from that some sort of drug addiction or alcohol addiction mm -hmm. has not affected, affected their family. family. Yeah. Right. Right. But so that's where the violence comes in, too, though, because yes. when you can't provide um, and let's be honest, in those situations in your neighborhood, I mean, you stealing, mean to rob and steal from people just as poor as you is not very lucrative. And and that's where the violence comes in at that point. But then you do start venturing out into other neighborhoods and venturing out into learning other negative skill sets, um, you know, right. and entering, you know, Grand Theft Auto, uh, you know, mm -hmm. robbing people's homes that are in a maybe mm -hmm. a little bit more of a affluent neighborhood than yourself. Um, and that, mm -hmm. again, that, that's mm -hmm. perpetuating. Mm -hmm this whole cycle that we're talking about. And it's, it's crazy mm -hmm. that this has continued on this long and we still haven't, I don't want to say realized, because realize is really a bad word because everybody's realization is different, but we haven't figured out a way to, to, to turn or turn that corner. You know what I'm saying? As, as a people and, and give back, you know, cause like, you know, we talk in one episode about, you know, I know uh, with the Rick, yourself, myself, you know, you give back to, to home, you go back home. Mm -hmm. Try to educate and give back to your people from your neighborhood. Mm -hmm. uh, and sometimes, you know, I know, I don't want to speak for anybody, but sometimes you feel defeated. You know, sometimes you feel defeated like it's not actually happening or working for you or 
Right. You know, what do you see um, as what what can we do to help continue to maybe to make this change or turn that curve? Right. Yeah. I think that what we need to do is we have to have um, intentional organization hmm. in these neighborhoods. Now, we can go one or two ways with it. We can organize mm-hmm. in these neighborhoods to demand funding because people are not educated on how schools are funded, right. how, you, how these monies are allocated to their right. neighborhoods, right. Um, because schools are generally funded through property taxes, yes. right? Correct. So that's generally the funding for schools. Mm-hmm. Now, if you have an area like where I live, Brownsville, uh, it's comprised of 90% projects. Right. Right. So what property tax is going into <laughs> yes. these schools, I right? See, I see what you're saying. Right. So I think that it's either going to be education on a political uh, level or it has to be education on funding through our own, right? Mm-hmm. Through mm-hmm. ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, because... We can't, we can't keep the cycle going. Agreed. Right? We cannot keep the cycle of poverty going. And that's what we see so much of gun violence in our areas where we right. live is because the cycle of poverty. Mm. And um, we know that white use drugs at the same rate as blacks, right? We know that they commit crimes at the same rate as blacks. I mean, this is not me talking. This is the DOJ. Their last study was 2018. Mm -hmm. And that was the last data that was given out um, in conjunction with the FBI report. So we do know that these things are uh, are hand in hand with each other. When the one is not doing more than the other. Right. But we are over-policed, right, without in our question. area. Without question. Right. So now you have economic disparities, education inequality, right, and violence mm-hmm. in these areas. That's the same as white in, in, in uh, impoverished areas, the same. But right. in our area, we have an over-policing and an over-zealous um, uh, as far as brutality when it comes is up, concerned. Correct. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we, when we say um, defund the police, people get um, a little out of, out of whack and out of yeah. source, but you've been defunding you've been defunding the black community forever, right? You've been defunding our school system. You've been defunding housing. You've been defunding, you've redlined us to death. You you are a predatory loan. We can't even, these people in these zip codes can't even go to the bank and get a loan, right? So you've been defunding us for years. So what we're saying is that you should not be sitting on 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 a resource of um, you know, you have excess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, so you're sitting on excess for tanks. Right. Why they, do you need a tank in on United States soil? That that's because they they sat on that money, like you said. It's like anything that's appropriated or given to government entities or state entities. After a while, that money has to be spent. So instead of using it for the programs that it's meant to. 
to help the community, such like the black community. And all of a sudden, hey, guys, we've got three million dollars in excess. Oh, you know what? Well, since we haven't used it for mental health in the community or we haven't given it back, you know, to help social work in the community or, you know, food. Let's go buy some tanks. That, that's how that happened. Like, you know, that whole situation in Stafford. They had you know, somebody had to reserve somewhere and somebody said, well, let's go buy a tank. I mean, why do you need a tank in Stafford County? Why do you need a tank on American soil? Oh, anyway? right. I mean, why would like, you need a tank on an American soil at crazy. all? And the money that you sent, you could have put that into these areas for education, right? Because education, we know, is the key. Right. Right? Yeah. And then, you, I mean, I'm just so flabbergasted about the whole thing. And it's so obvious, but it just, it just, it burns me up because it's like, you know this. Of course. You know that this is systemic. Yep. And then you try to act like, oh, I don't know. Oh, I, mean, I don't yeah. really know how this goes. Yeah, you know? when somebody gets up in the uproar, all of a sudden they don't know nothing. Or, or know anything. Oh, yeah. Like they're perplexed that you, first of all, why are you even talking about it? Because I don't know nothing. But when you go ahead and do the research and you find out that this person that you're talking to was the one that headed up the bill to go ahead and draft for the funding for the tank. <sighs> don't even get me started. Don't go down that rabbit hole because you know, don't take me there because you know, and you know, and the whole political gamut is a is just a farce. The whole thing is just the whole system needs to be dismantled. It's broken here. And it ain't even broken. It's what is working just the way it was intended. Well, well, well let's get yeah, let's be clear. I mean, what, well. <laughs> For for those of the right, uh, for those of us who don't who have what, is, what it was intended right, for, right? Who it was intended for? Um, and those of us, we still we've been playing catch up for the last three three four hundred years, and it's not going to change. Uh, it, it was intentionally designed that way. Um, right. So, like you said, we, it does need to be dismantled, uh, yeah. revised, uh, not even revised, but just revamped uh, and rebuilt, rebuilt from the from the ground up. And that is so if you truly want equality. See now, this is. Yeah, the well, that's thing. another question. Is then. it? Is it? Is it? Is it? Do do the United is the United States of America ready for true equality? Because then that means that you have to give up your ideal of white nationalism and supremacy. So that's the real question, and we as Black America need to come to grips with that answer. Does America want it? Now you know there's two sides to a coin, right? And one side has a head, and one side has a tail. America wants you to believe that that side that has the head on it is the true symbolism of how great and how beautiful our country is. But I always say the tale always shows you the underside and the dirty side of what America is really all about. And they have not from its inception, you know, the inception of this country is why we are the way that we are. When when England opened up their prisons. They opened up the prisons from all the rapists, robbers, thieves, prostitutes, whores, everything that they had, the scum of their country. They put on a boat and they expected these people to die at sea. Now, through whatever miraculous way, was, well, the, I'll, I'll tell you the miraculous way is why they found America through a black navigator, which a lot of people don't know. It was a black man that found America. Right. You, can't find something that, you can't find something that was never lost. It was always right. That's a whole nother thing. Right. But when you look at the history of how America was founded, so it was founded on the dredge of another country that came over here and pilfered 
a country that already existed from people of color. <laughs> so the systematic inequality was, was built and brought over from the scourge of another country that wanted to go ahead and fight that country and claim this country as America, a land of free. How can thieves claim anything? And, 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 and see, and now you get ready. <laughs> and, and then you want to ask why we're the violence. And see, I have to keep going back to that because that was my last conversation. And I'm going to just simply say we learned it from you. Uh, it was nothing. But again, see, we <laughs> they call us savages, but we were kings and queens. All right, we were royalty and we were minding our business. So the savages, <laughs> the savages came looking for us. And the savagery still exists. And, you know, this country has been at war for over 240-some years. Yeah. The war that America has been involved in for 240-plus years. The only place, right. and, and, and you have to understand, the, the savagery behind it, they're the animals. Yes. But they want to call us savages or, or lesser. We didn't ask to come here. Right. And get mad, talk about something. Oh, you looted. You looted. Well, you looted. You burned down the, you, the Boston Tea Party. Let's let you, you don't. Okay, so this is what like you said. Let me okay. just hey, stop. Hey, so they you know I'm getting ready to go down this whole hey, So we know they looted then, and then we watch what happened in Minneapolis and everywhere else across America <laughs> in 2020. And who's doing the looting? <laughs> the same savages that came over to this country. All right, so and now the only thing is they're mad because now we got video to prove it. <laughs> Shit is crazy, I just man. Can't do it. it is crazy. And it's the insanity of it all. Mm -hmm. It's the insanity of it all because you are so hell bent on this superiority, right? right. You hell bent on this nationalism and this and this um and this supremacy. And yeah. it is all a false because you say to somebody, my ancestors built this country and this is not what our founding fathers meant. And I'm looking at this person and I'm saying, don't talk to me about your ancestors. So your ancestors was pedophiles, rapists, thieves. Don't the, what this country was founded on. This country is founded on lies and rape. Are you insane? Lies, deceit, thievery, treachery. Every every negative. Tyranny, do every, not talk to me now. about your ancestors. Okay? Because a, you came here and a people that was so uh, that was living here, living in this country very well without you, and showed you how to how to uh, uh, tend to the land, showed you how to eat, showed you how to survive here, and right. you plotted because you came that way. You yep. came because you were the scum of the earth in Europe. So yep. you plotted after people tried to break bread with you. Don't talk to me about no pilgrims. Mm -hmm. uh, but they, but. That's industry for them. You know, everything that they appropriated from somebody else of color or from uh, other people, you know, they call that industry. Uh, <laughs> I like yeah. how they, 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 they dress it up. No, you appropriate it and you proper, you, your propaganda uh, of theft, because basically it was theft. Basically, they uh, 
Yes, you oh, how do I you stole, you did, you, and then you said, oh, I could teach you how you guys showed us how to uh, crop the land. So let me give you blankets so you could stay warm at night. Right. And the blankets was infested with smallpox. Thank right, you. to kill right. off a right. whole nation. And you want me to, to do what with your flag? Like your flag is embedded in it is. blood. It is. It, it, blood. It, 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 and even to, to progress, even to this day, like we've talked about, you know, this this declaration or this this document that still views people of color as three-fourths of a human being. Again, you know, you've had ample opportunity, you know, if you really feel that America is all about, you know, equality and a symbol of freedom for all men and women. Because to me, men and women does not say men and women of color. It says all men and women. You would have, by now, changed that. I mean, it's one little line. And that line was actually amended. That line was actually put in there because the because they felt like they had to say, um, because it originally was supposed to be not right, slaves. Right, not slaves, right. Right. Mm -hmm. Right, but they had to clean it up, so they said three fifths right. of a human uh, being. Right. So we had to say that you. They had to acknowledge because see, to see to see us as inhuman is the only way that they could um, make an excuse for the brutality. Mm. Right. So that, in, their, in their mind, in their mind, yeah. In their mind, right, right. right. But you want to talk to me about your ancestors? I had I had this conversation with someone, and I was being as respectful as I can because I always want to make sure that you know um, uh, we have a respectful dialogue. But please do not, unless you're going to own your ancestors. Right. Don't come to me telling me how great your ancestors were because they were not. They were not great at all. And we want to hold on until America is ready to deal with what they have done and ready to actually face and, the and racism the, and the slavery in this country. We will never move like, forward. All, all it really takes, Elise, is it's just what you say, an apology. And when I say an apology, like an honest acknowledgement of this is what happened in America by white Americans towards black Americans. It's a real simple thing. Uh, and this can come from the president. It can come from our government. However, but just an acknowledgement across the board that this took place and an earnest acknowledgement, not, Hey, well, yeah, I'm sorry, but you know, get over it. It happened. It's not me. You know, that, that we have to get past just make an honest acknowledgement that it happened, it existed, and it still exists, right. and that we're going to do something to work to better uh, the playing field for all Americans. And again, we're talking about Black Americans, so you know, start with it because we've we've endured so much since we were we were kidnapped and brought over here, and just acknowledge it. And I think that will go a long way. Um, you know, that olive branch will go a long way to at least begin, not the healing, but to open up dialogue to where right. now sit down with each other. Because now you're acknowledging me and what has happened to me and my ancestors. And, and so they, we, they're not going to do that. Well, I'm just saying, you know, I'm going to, I agree with you, but I want, I want to throw it out there to be positive, you know, and. Okay. Well, well yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I feel the same way. Bullshit. But yeah. Um, yeah, I want to be positive. <laughs> That, that I can see that happen in, in my lifetime, um, you know, and I'm right. with these movements 
we can get to that. So um, with that said, we're going to go ahead and take another quick break and we'll be right back. Friends, it's coming on that time of year where our opinions and more importantly, our votes will matter. Political Dragon understands this is not only on the national level, but also in our local districts. Many of us in the community have had enough and we feel there is a time for change. Head over to www.etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash political dragon and order your enough t-shirt today. All right, family, we're back. Uh, thanks for staying with us and, and listening. So we're going to go ahead and move to uh, close out today's show. Uh, thank you for, for joining us on this ride each and every week. Couldn't do it out with my co-host, my cohort, my right hand, my best friend <laughs> on the mic and two mics up. Um, so I know that's, that's right, bro. Yeah, that's how we do. So, you know, before we go, Lisa, anything you want to share, anything on your agenda that you got going on that you want to share with our listeners? Not yet. I'll have something on the next show. I'm working on something, some solutions for us as a nation. So we'll see. I'll, I'll reveal on the next show. All right. Sound good. Um, so fans, uh, go ahead and check us out online, www.twomikesup.com. You can uh, follow us on social media uh, at Two Mics Up on IG, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, please continue. We thank you for all your positive and continued support, feedback, uh, if you have any show ideas or anything, uh, please go ahead and send us an email at vp2mikesup at gmail.com. That's all one word. That's VP, like vice president, vp2mikesup at gmail.com. And uh, as always, continue to stay safe and blessed. Mike's out. Mike's out. this time we'd like to thank our executive producer in Cunningham and our executive marketing and branding team of A. Cunningham and D. Martin from 94 Media House for their contributions to today's podcast.